This is Face the Music, an ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode 117, Rock and Roll is King. Rock and Roll is King is his 10th track on the 1983 vinyl release of Sacred Messages, 11th song on the cassette and CD release, 6th track on side 2 of the record and tape. In the liner notes from the 2000 box set flashback, Jeff Lynn wrote, Told you so. This track went through many changes before becoming this song. I had about five different melodies and four different sets of words. In a 1983 interview on 96FM Perth, Bev Bevan said, It was the record company's decision to release that as the single. We didn't care what they released, to be honest. We like all the tracks, and we leave the single-picking decisions to the record company. I think they probably did it in the same vein as Hold On Tight was on the Time album, which sort of is fairly obvious. It doesn't particularly fit in with the rest of the stuff on Secret Messages. The video was filmed at London's The Forum in King of the Universe number 8 on March 4, 1999, Dave Morgan said, I sang on Rock and Roll as King. I played on that one, but it wasn't called that. It was something about working at Austin Log Bridge. It was full of car plant sounds. You could hear it going clank, 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 like somebody hitting a lathe with a hammer. And Jeff went away and made it Rock and Roll as King. Wiped off everything we'd done. No, there was still some backing left in there. It was much better how he finished it off than it was before. From the 1996 book, Unexpected Messages by Patrick Gutenbacher, Mark Haynes, and Alexander von Petersdorf, in December 1982, the new single and the Secret Messages album were due to be finished. As the album wasn't ready by then, the release dates of the single, which was going to be called Rock and Roll is the King, were rescheduled. Bevan said about the first single outtake, Rock and Roll is King. These are totally rewritten lyrics. That is the third set of lyrics on this particular backing track. The first one was of no great consequence, but the second one was called Motor Factory. I think Jeff wanted a wider appeal, so it ended up as Rock and Roll is King. Get your dancing shoes on and welcome to the Rock and Roll Dance Party! Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And Rock and Roll is King. Yeah, man, it is. Well, uh, was, yeah. and now it's kind of like the old man sitting in the corner uh, going, let me tell you how things were back in my day. I used to have to take my guitar to the studio <laughs> uphill both ways in the snow. And I had to learn how to play it. I couldn't just push the guitar button on a computer. And drugs were illegal. <laughs> Oh, like that ever matters to the music studios. Anyway, on yeah. to the song. Yeah. This song, 
I've noticed, at least back when it came out, got a lot of critical notice. Mm, yeah. As yeah. in, <laughs> we're critics and we know better. And uh, this song is horrible because it's electrical and orchestra. And <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the most fun things that electrical and orchestra has done. Yeah, Hold On Tight is similar, and Hold On Tight I love as well. I really like this song just simply because it's fun. It's not forced fun. I know a lot of people probably still hate me for what I said about Jungle, but Jungle, to me, always feels like, we are going to have fun now. (laughs) And this feels like, okay, well, let's just go ahead and bang out a good old rock and roll tune, Mm -hmm. which... Ironically, that's not what happened. I guess he <laughs> went through about seven or eight different versions of this thing before he got it to where he wanted it to. Yeah. But it's still a lot of fun. Lyrically, it's still better than a lot of other stuff he did. It's a good callback to Electro Orchestra's version of Roll Over Beethoven. Because I think Jeff Lynne knew that things were winding down here. So it's a callback to the single that really got them notice back at the time that it happened. But without just redoing the whole thing and copying it yeah it's just a fun song and i think a lot of people who hate it really need to get over themselves and not every good song has to be this huge masterpiece it just has to be something where ah yeah i want to hear that again Mm -hmm. and that's always been rock and roll is king to me it's something that i don't mind hearing i guess those are car noises and everything in there with the chunk 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 I guess it's some sort of noise working in a car factory or something like that. Originally, that was the idea of working in a car factory, and that explains why the clang-clangs are are in there and all that. I'm surprised the video didn't take place in a machine shop or something, but then, of course, then Billy Joel would have been sitting there going, Oh, they took my idea! That Allentown! (laughs) Why'd they stupid British taking all the, you know... I'm thinking the video for Uptown Girl that's actually in a garage. Uh, yeah, it is. No, uh, Allentown stuff is metalworks. Yeah, yeah, it is. But but that has to go along with the song. But y- Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not think about Uptown Girl. Like the video, have always hated the song, but I never really liked the Four Seasons. Anyway, when we get to our Four Seasons podcast. Yes, and our I, Billy Joel. Yes, I remember when I first heard this song. It must have been June 1983, listening to Copa 100, Brown Date, 9 o'clock at night. And it came on. And I didn't know who it was by. It, as it was playing, I was thinking, is this ELO? Oh, I hope this is ELO. ELO hadn't been declared as my band yet, although very soon. But I loved Discovery. It's June 1983, and I was still playing the hell out of time. So I was just hoping, oh, please let this be a new ELO album. It sure sounds like ELO. And the DJ said, New song by Electric Light Orchestra. And I was like, yeah, that was cool. Thank you. I got that right. I guess I'm learning how to pick artists without actually knowing who's who's doing it. Yeah, the first time I heard it, I thought it was pretty fantastic. And yeah, I'm with you with the critics. They can take that spindle they have shoved straight up their ass and just pull it out sometimes because this is a stone-cold, awesome, friggin' great, fun song hundreds of billions of times in my life I've thought, sweet Jesus, I gotta hear Rock and Roll is King. And anytime it comes on, just even on random, I'm like, hey, cool, Rock and Roll is King. I love this song. I love it. Yeah, it's definitely very hold on tightish. When I got the album, and I looked on the back of it and saw that Rock and Roll is King is the last song, 
I said to my friends, hey, it's just like time. The Rockabilly song is the last song on the album. There is absolutely nothing wrong with this song. It's a great fun song. I like it. I love it. Not to give any spoilers, but when I played it for Madeline, she had me play it three times because maybe she hated it so much. I don't want to give any spoilers (laughs) away, although I think I probably did. Anyway, it's a great song. To me, it's like the last hurrah from ELO. I mean, I know they had Balance of Power after that, but uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with my statement there. This is the last hurrah from ELO. The full band is here for a change on this album. Kelly's on bass, Bevan's on drums. You got Jeff and, and Richard. You even got Mick Kaminsky there on violin. Who's on the rhythm guitar on that? Because I know in the video they got an extra guitarist. <sighs> hmm. I didn't notice that in the video. I don't know. Is that if the that shot Dave Morgan lasted. guy who said that it, keeps popping up saying that he's saying on stuff? And it could be Dave Morgan. I mean, I wouldn't doubt if it was Dave Morgan. Because he, he okay. helped out on this album, too. Um, it's, it's, it's like they all got together. It's To me, it's like the Abbey Road for ELO. At the time, mm-hmm. the Beatles had recorded Let It Be. While there are a lot of great songs on that album, it definitely sounds like the band is, well, as John Lennon described it, time to make another album. And they were all kind of just splitting off on their own directions or wanting to. But Paul, you know, said something like, come on, let's let's do this. Let's get back together like we were the Beatles and record an album where it seems like we're having fun doing this. And they did Abbey Road, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the best Beatles album, even better than Sgt. Pepper's, if only because it doesn't have five-minute dirge of droning sitars eating up album space. So this song is sort of like ELO's Abbey Road. Everybody's splitting off in their own directions. Uh, Bevan's kind of had enough of it. He's being replaced by a drum machine sometimes. Kelly is in the band. He's not in the band. Kelly's suing the band. He really is not in the band. But this one, they get together. At least it sounds like they're all having a good time recording a good time song. And it's the last great ELO song. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. (laughs) Running the discography in my head after this. Yeah, it is the last great ELO. ELO song. And specifically, he's saying the song is like Abbey Road, not that Secret Messages. The album is like Abbey Road, because Secret Messages is a lot more Let It Be than Abbey Road. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The song is, this song is ELO's Abbey Road. Yeah. (laughs) I pretty much agree. Yeah, this is the last great ELO song. Sometimes you, you see that a group falls off the charts just simply because their time is done and people lose interest, but they still keep making music, and it's still good music. It's just that Time's moved on. Yeah. This, uh, this is basically, okay, we've done what we have to do, and here it is. I mean, off the next album, Calling America is a good, catchy single, but it's still not as good as Rock and Roll is King. And that's basically it. If this would have been it for ELO, I don't think there would have been a lot of complaint, especially since Jeff Lynne didn't just, poof, disappear into nowhere. Yeah. He still did quite a lot after this, and quite a lot that you can tell it's always Jeff Lynne. Oh, yeah. And so it's just that Electrified Orchestra had its time, and this was it. Even though, in some ways, Secret Messages, you might say, is even... I mean, the album itself might just be one album too far, but I'll reserve that probably for Balance of Power as being the one album too far. (laughs) If there's one thing that really bugs me about this song, 
it's the chart performance. This had a lot going for it. It debuted in the Hot 100 here in America on Billboard's chart, the one that everybody pays attention to, at number 52. So that's a good place to enter. And then it shot up into the 40s. And then when it debuted in the 40s, I think it was the highest debuting song that week. And the next week it shot up 10 points. And then it kind of slowed its growth up. And then it petered out at a position. I don't want to spoil chart facts part. And then whoop, it was gone. It's such a good song. And it had so much But it going... was 83. Yeah. And it, it had... Yeah, you got to understand what it was up against in 83. Oh, I know. Yeah, you, you got, got Thriller, you got Sports, you got Billy Joel's An Innocent Man. Sports had come out that, late August, September 83. So this it was after... Yeah, but they were releasing singles from that up until 85. Yes, they were. But it came yeah, out so, after... Same with Thriller. They were releasing singles up until about 85, too. Yeah, yeah, they were. But uh, so. yeah, sports came after Rock and Roll is King. There was synchronicity. That was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Duran Duran was still halfway decent. I want to say Men at Work? Yeah, I'll say Men at Work, even though they start, they were starting to slide, chart-wise anyway. Yeah. But I mean, Overkill got to three, it's a mistake, got to number seven, and then they hit Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive, which was number 30-something. But there was a ton of music out at the time that was actually good and was taking up the top part of the charts. Yeah. Because at some point in the early 1980s, you could have probably just gone out and bought all the singles got some extra bonus tracks and practically had the entire album yeah yeah with some albums yeah and there's a oddity with this song that i never quite figured out it was released on a 12 inch promo single rock and roll is king on the a side and the b side was come on feel the noise by quiet riot and that always made my head spin of (laughs) of the combination of the two it seems like they don't quite mesh, but there it is. Mm-hmm. And I have a copy, which means I'm better than all of you. So, suck yeah, on that. Yeah, is, that is a very strange pairing, other than both of them. Pasha, which was the label that Quiet Riot was on, mm-hmm. was also a CBS label. So that's really about the only thing that the two had in common. Yeah, they were like a sub-label of CBS, Jet and Pasha. Oh yeah, and this actually is the last time that we see the Jet logo is... That's right. It Secret is. Secret messages. It is the last album and, and the last uh, singles from this. Also, album. one one other good thing about Rock and Roll is King, Mick Kaminsky's back. The strings are back. Yeah, the strings are back, and the strings are part of the song. And see, there you go. There's another Abbey Roadish thing where the whole band gets back together. We even get Mick Kaminsky, and he gets a violin solo. You don't exactly. Really, you don't get many Mick Kaminsky violin solos in ELO songs. Uh, just a small fistful of them. And some great guitar playing from Jeff. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you get the whole package here. Mm-hmm. I, this is one of the times when I was thinking, if only the rest of the album sounded like this. They went, <laughs> you know what? Hold On Tight was a pretty decent hit. Let's just make an entire album that sounds like Hold On Tight just to get back to our roots or something like that. I don't think that would have been too much of a complaint. Uh, I love Rock and Roll is King. I love Hold On Tight. I don't know if I want to hear nine songs that all sound like Rock and Roll is King and Hold On Tight. Well, if they did them like this... Where it was the whole band actually contributing. Oh, yeah. No, if the whole band contributed, and, and, yeah. And it was kind of like a throwback thing where they just went in the studio, banged them out, and mm-hmm. here you go. <laughs> kind of like Paul McCartney's back in the USSR, where he just got in there and banged out a bunch of songs that he loved, mm-hmm. not just because the studio handed them to him. <laughs> yeah. And, huh, they can still do something good. <laughs> yes. 
especially in the late 80s when Paul was just, well, kind of sounded like what John Lennon said. Time to make another Paul McCartney album. (laughs) Time to do another podcast. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Got something to say about rock and roll is king? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? Let those guitars play. Play for me, play for me. Oh, let that song ring out. (laughs) That's how it's meant to be. Was it a hit or was it? Rock and Roll is King was the first single from the album Secret Messages. It was released on June 18, 1983 in the UK and later in June of 83 in the US, both in the UK and the US. It had the flip side as After All. Time After Time was added as an additional song on the UK 12-inch version. Song did reasonably well in the U.S., reaching number 19 position on both the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and Billboard Top Tracks charts. It reached number 36 on the Adult Contemporary charts for Billboard and also number 22 for Cashbox. In the U.K. it did a little bit better, reaching the number 13 spot, which it also did in Australia. The song did its best chart performance in a country that wasn't exactly open to a lot of Western music at the time, but was starting to relax a few restrictions. That was Poland. Made it up to number 2 on the LP3 charts. It got up to number 4 in Belgium and in the Netherlands on the Dutch Top 40 charts, as well as in Ireland making it up to number six on the Canadian Top Singles Charts and in Norway. It got up to number seven in South Africa and made it to number eight on the Single Top 100 Charts in the Netherlands as well as in Switzerland. It got up to number 16 in Austria, made it up to number 17 in New Zealand and West Germany, but only got up to number 20 in Sweden and number 30 in Spain. The song was covered by Ted Harold, The Strangers, both in 1983, for Sheen Dean Interpreten in 1990, Electric Light Orchestra Part 2, 1996, Cyanora Show Band, 1998, Walter Clevenger and the Dairy Kings in 2001, The Magic Orchestra in 2006, Is Sartela Hexen and Graham Boulevard, 2008, D. Campbell's 2009, Rock Crusade 2012, The Booze Brothers, The Rockets, both in 2013, Eddie Nelson, the Gilles Vidars, both in 2014, Hart LeBlanc and Akavoche, 2015, Charlie B, 2016, Weed Van Super Superband, Friendbad, Wild Willie and Big Deal, all of them in 2017. In 2018, Arjun Call, Justin Romanowicz, Ed Payne, Speedo Gang, JD and Dynamite, Johnny Boyd, Sea Turtle Harmonic, Masona, and in 2019, Orchestra Uso Reichel and the Hilton Airs, and with no date that I could find, American Five, King, Kitman, Team Cats, Grovelings, The Session Boys, DJ Remix Factory, Koplin Kozlanowski, and Dennis Tyson and the Titanics. It was used in the 1986 movie, Joey. How good old everybody. It's that time of the podcast episode where I ran a rave briefly or too long. And let's take a poke and prod at Rock and Roll as King. During the years of Face the Music, a fan magazine published by the name that can't be mentioned here, the single was nominated over and over as the worst ELO single ever. Looking back, uh, they harped on it quite a lot, and admittedly proven wrong. 
but that's for much later. I'll admit I wasn't too wild about this one as it sounded too digitally freeze-dried, a little too clean. If this was done during the last few albums like Discovery and Time, this would have sounded lively. The drumming on Hold On Tight sounded repetitive, but there was enough ruckus racket and garage-style echo to drive the song head-on. That's why I like the Alive at Hyde Park version better. Here, it sounds a little too nice. It was pretty good to see Mick McKinsky make an appearance here, doing a nod to the country music's influence on rock and roll. Oh, and I noticed Kelly was in the video on this one as well. Uncomfortable Orchestra Part 2. And now, Eric and Eric under the covers. I thought Eric gave you the creeps. Okay, so as you heard in the chart facts, there's a lot of cover versions of Rock and Roll is King. Most of them are pale imitations. Some were interesting. <laughs> I found a couple of polka versions. There was a beautiful Muzak piano version, but I picked out three that I thought were worthy of discussion anyway. First up, we'll start with the Teen Cats. give us basically what is a straight rockabilly version of Rock and Roll is King, about what you would expect if it wasn't Electric Light Orchestra doing the song. Yeah, I like it. Rock and Roll is King, ELO's version anyway, it's full of energy. And the Teen Cats actually seem to bring more energy to the song, which I didn't think could be done, but they do. It's got a good vocalist on it, too. Sounds like, I don't know how old the members of the band are or anything mm -hmm. like that, but it sounds like the vocals you would get on a 60s garage band or a bar band or something like that. And no, it, so it sounds like something they probably play regularly in their set. It doesn't they, sound like, huh, you know what, let's just throw this in. No, it sounds like something that they play on a regular basis. Yeah, definitely sounds like something they've played a lot. Sounds like they really like the song, unlike some of the other remakes I heard, which kind of sounds like, should we do this song? Yeah, sure, why not? ELO had a big hit with it. Why not us? But yeah, this one, there's passion behind it. Up next is a version by Johnny Boyd. Everybody let me tell about the rock and roll I feel that rhythm and it's really gonna pay you so Hey, come along with me To a land of make-believe She said, I'm a rock and roll is king it's, it's definitely an interesting take on it. It's not a straight-up rockabilly song like most of the remakes were. This one, it's sort of a mix. It's definitely leaning towards... I don't know, sort of loungy jazz, but it does mix in some rockabilly. 
I believe he does some Buddy Holly hiccuping it, at least on one or two words in there. And it's kind of fun to hear this alternate interpretation. The main melody on it's driven by a guy playing melodica on there. That's the one where you got a keyboard that you're blowing into the keyboard. That's right. The... Yes, because I've had one of those before. In fact, I thought I still had it, and it, it's not around, because I must have sold it. John Baptiste probably stole it. <laughs> this is the version I like the best, mm-hmm. just simply because I love his voice, for one thing. Yeah. And I love this energy that he's putting into it, especially, did you watch the live performance that's on YouTube? Uh, I nabbed it off of Spotify. Well, on YouTube, it has him performing it live in downtown Phoenix. Oh. It's the park near one of the major light rail stops, the one that has that big, huge funnel sculpture in the background. Not too far from the YMCA. I know, everybody's going, we don't care about all these details. (laughs) (laughs) We don't live in Phoenix, we don't know. But yeah. yeah, no, I get what but you're saying. But yeah, it's, in de- it, it's a very eye-catching structure in downtown, especially since this is recorded at night when the thing gets lit up and everything. Ooh. But yeah, it's him and his uh, group out there doing an acoustic version of it. The one guy on melodica, another guy on, a, on an upright bass and acoustic guitar, and then kind of like a snare that the guy's wearing over his neck and Boyd singing. It's got a great amount of energy, and they actually managed to do it even with the little snare thing he's got because he's got some metal stuff attached to it as part of the percussion kind of imitates the car oh that factory noise sound in it a bit he's even going for that part of it so it's obvious that we've got a fan of the song oh yes and somebody who's out there just trying to entertain and it is definitely worth watching i mean if you listen to it on spotify i'm sure you're going to enjoy watching him perform it live a lot better Well, now I do want to see it. Yeah, I didn't even know about that one. And last up, Wild Willie and Big Deal. She loves rock and roll and she plays it all night long. That's all she ever tells me when I call her on the telephone. She says, feel that charming beat and get up on your feet. She says, ramble, 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 rock and roll is key. Oh, let those guitars play. I'm going to say this is Punkabilly. Is that, is that something? Yeah. Kind of like the Teen Cats, but the Teen Cats upped the energy of ELO's version, and Wild Willie really <laughs> upped it even more, which uh, kind of impressed me. And I also thought it was really cool that the lead singer sounds young... Well, he sounds Elvisy, which I think really kind of fits Rock and Roll as King. It's too bad Elvis died, because I'm curious to hear a version of Rock and Roll as King by Elvis Presley, because I think if done in his early style, which is the one that I like most, I think he could have done a really great job of Rock and Roll as King. Honestly, he probably would have covered it if he was still alive at that time. I can definitely see that this is one of the songs that he would jump on and want to record. But this is probably my least favorite of them all yeah because it reminded me a bit of stray cats i love the stray cats but Mm -hmm. too many modern rockabilly bands try too hard to imitate stray cats rather than trying to just do carl perkins or buddy holly and some of the other old rock and roll artists probably what i like about teen cats more is because it seems like they're more into that particular scene where they've got the energy and everything. It's just that it seems that this doesn't measure up to the other version, the other couple versions you gave me. It's just 
Okay, we can run through this. This is uh, other bands are doing rock and roll as kings, so we're going to do it too. And when it comes to punkabilly, I'm, I prefer just to stick with the Cramps or Elvis Hitler. So, <laughs> Elvis Hitler, that's right. I believe I remember their version of Green Acre. No, Green Haze. Right, they did Green Acres combined with Purple Haze. That right. was off their first album called Disgraceland. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a psychedelic, even psychedelicer version of Purple Haze with the lyrics to Green Acres being sung to the tune of Purple Haze. So it was uh, Correct. quite a thing to hear one time when I was at Zia. Rolling skin 
Hello, it's Troy, and we've finally arrived at the end of the Secret Messages album. Rock and roll is king. Here, Jeff is paying homage to the music that he loves. Now, this is not the first time he's done it, and it wouldn't be the last. But in this case, he's encapsulated his feelings about rock and roll in about three minutes. And this song reminds me of when I was six years old, and my mother got out her record collection, her 45. And every Sunday afternoon for the next two years, my mother, me, and my cousin Tammy would listen to my mom's 45 collection. That's where I first heard Elvis, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Fats Domino, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bo Diddley, and my life would never be the same again. And then one day, my mother played me one of her albums, Meet the Beatles. She had a couple Beatles albums. And when I heard Meet the Beatles, that was it. That was it for me. My life changed. I still can't get enough of them. And I can imagine Jeff, when he was a kid, seven, eight, nine years old, listening to the BBC and listening to this strange new music from the United States coming over the airwaves. And his life was changed. And then one day he heard or maybe saw the Beatles on TV, and that was it from then on. The Beatles were his main obsession, and he took his love for the Beatles and created something new and fresh with it that is still entertaining people to this day. Yeah, man, rock and roll is indeed king. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks from all of us. This has been A Thought From Troy. In the quiet interlude before the song starts, Jeff Lynn says backwards, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. As if to say to everybody who bought the albums, went to the concerts, and enjoyed the music since 1971, thanks for listening. Goodbye. The line, come along with me to a land of make-believe. A reference to the Eldorado album. That's all she ever tells me when I call her on the telephone. A reference to telephone line. She says, feel that jumpin' beat. Could be a reference to jumpin' biz from the first ELO album. The line, and that's how it's meant to be. Possibly an answer to the question, is this the way life's meant to be? It rolls like a train that's coming on down the track just like the beginning of Across the Border on Out of the Blue. She rolled over Beethoven, Roll Over Beethoven, a song they remade on their second album. When she comes around and I'm listening to the radio, a reference to Mr. Radio from the first ELO album. The secret messages are right there in front of your faces, people. I think that that is the most inane, asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I... Heard the song, Rock and Roll is King. It wasn't hard rock, it was just rock and roll. But I love hard rock, rock and roll, baby. I love this song. It reminded me 
of my favorite rock and roll band. Wow, she liked it. Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, assorted deli meets amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 118, After All. Rock and roll is king. I'm going to throw some English on this one now. Let's see here. Got something to say about Rock and Roll is King? Then call a telephone line voicemail now and rip me off. All right, I got it. Johnny I, Boyd was the next one, that's, I think. That was the next one. I just couldn't remember his first name. I just have written here, Boyd. One, I love hard rock.